One of the most important facets of any business is customer service. In business, you are not only selling a product or a service, but an experience. Providing exceptional customer service and developing real relationships with your clients means increased sales, retain customers, new customers via word of mouth, and a positive reputation. You're listening to the Focus on Customer Experience Podcast. Podcast. Benjamin Del Grosso gives you the ins and outs of one of the most underlooked aspects in business today. Improve your customer service and watch your business skyrocket. Two, one. Benjamin Del Grosso. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we have uh, Brian Chan. He's the owner of Ergo Automotive in Markham, Ontario, Canada. Uh, we've met through uh, a networking group. And Brian, why don't you introduce you know, who you are and where you're from and how you got into doing what you do. Yeah, so hi everyone. Uh, I'm Brian, uh, Brian Chan. So I own and operate Ergo Automotive uh, out in Markham, Ontario. It's in Canada for all uh, you people that aren't in Canada. So uh, for my business, like I, I started this business, I, I, was, uh, I used to be a, an apprentice, a technician uh, in the automotive repair industry. So I, I kind of climbed the ranks as from an apprentice to a technician. And I was, I was working in industry for many years. And then I wanted to do more uh, for the shop. So I tried to get into become shop foreman. And eventually I moved on to becoming assistant manager and then a manager. So one of the main reasons why I started my company was I realized that technicians were not being valued. Um, in the company, there was a lot of uh, like the company and the way that the management or upper management from dealerships would see their technicians was more of like numbers. And I believe they have a lot of skill and a lot of education that's required and a lot of investment for as a technician to become a good one. And I, I realized that I don't think that they were being valued well and that's why I had to come out and kind of create my own company, uh, a good place where they are valued. The team is important. And, and from that is where I'm growing my company. And that's where it all started. Cool. And what is it that you do at your automotive? So we, we do like general servicing of vehicles, um, but we also do customization. So I, we build some vehicles for the fire department, like the custom uh, trucks that they use for like rural areas, um, like lift kits, tires, lighting, things like that. We also do some race cars performance stuff. So we'll, we'll do like builds. We'll talk with customers. Oh, what do you want to achieve? Things like that. And then we'll build something out for them. So, and just like, a lot of other things we, we touch on a little bit of everything but my personal true passion is in the customization side but we we also have our regular maintenance as like our bread and butter yeah that customization side can allow your creativity to go to work right imagination yeah. run wild mm -hmm. nice yeah so um what was uh, your most memorable experience as a customer 
So I was, uh, I was out uh, on vacation. Uh, I was out in Italy. Um, so we were, we were out in Italy. I was with my uh, wife and we were looking at bags, right? Uh, so we were, we went to a lot of these high-end fashion shops, but the one that really stuck with me is, is we went into Chanel, right? And um, it was a big lineup in Chanel. And even just the beginning process of being like lining up was actually an interesting experience um, because it very differs from what you see in Canada, really, right? So even lining up, we were lining up outside and it started to like have a light drizzle and the staff would come out with umbrellas. They came out with all these black umbrellas, all fancy, and they gave each of us an umbrella about the people that were in line. So that way we wouldn't get wet. After that, you know, we get inside and once you get inside, it's, it's, uh, they, they offer you a drink, you know, um, what would you like to drink? Water. I guess legally they're allowed to offer alcohol. Um, they offer you champagne. They open champagne. They pour you some champagne. And then, you know, they settle you in. And then once you're seated in an area, they go, oh, what are you looking for today? Right. And then it's, uh, you know, they show you their bags, the products, and they're very versed in all their products. And the whole experience, it was, uh, it was like an atmosphere. Like the whole thing that when you go in there, it's, you know, they're catering to you. They treat you like you're a very important client. And regardless of, I guess, whether or not you're going to make a purchase, um, they treat you with the respect that you would expect from a high-end brand, right? I think the reason why this was extra memorable for me is because I've gone shopping for high-end products in other countries or especially even in Toronto, right? And we don't get that here. It's, it's kind of like you just go in there and then they just, what do you need? What do you want? You know? So it's, it's a very different experience that that is like actually what you would expect from a high-end brand, which is actually different when you actually go purchase it in Toronto. Like if you go to Yorkdale mall or something and you go to buy it, it's a completely different experience. Right. I mean, although I wasn't the one personally buying anything, I felt good to be there. Right. Yeah. And yeah. No, that's that's a big thing because it, it is all about the experience, right? And you know, I remember when Apple used to have the lineups for the phones many years ago, right? And they'd always have things kind of going on in the lines, right? Um, they they come up and chat with you a little bit, and then it just kind of turned into you're standing in line, <laughs> and you're waiting for hours, right? And then yeah. they realized. Oh, there's an issue here. So, hmm, we need to start making it so maybe people make appointments so we don't have these people standing here for six hours, right? So then you can book an appointment online. So th that was not like an amazing experience, but they were looking at what can we do to create it? Well, with you, you're on vacation and you're going, hey, I want to go buy something from Chanel in Italy. And they gave everybody, even the locals, the same kind of experience. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. It's like you, there's a, a level of standard that they maintain there, and it doesn't matter who you are. And it's obviously they know you're here to spend some money, but it's not like that in other places that I've noticed. It's it's they don't they don't they look at you and they say, 
no, you're not going to spend money, you know, and then they treat you differently. It's just kind of like the old average of like when people go to a car, like to buy a luxury car, and if you don't look the part, they don't want to sell you a car because they don't, they think you're just window shopping. Right. And we didn't feel that there. Well, like, well, yeah. What did, what did Andy say? He bought a Rolls Royce or something or a Land Rover or something like that. And all they did was send him like a prepackaged card prepackaged handwritten card saying thank you for buying your rolls royce or whatever it was that he bought he's like how was that personable how was like it wasn't even like a a thank you there there was no like above and beyond you know he just spends how many hundreds of thousands of dollars on this car right yeah and that's the thing it's like there's a lot of disconnect a lot of companies are they're they're just going through the motions right they're not they don't actually care Right. And, it, and that's that's the big thing about a lot of big companies is that they lose that personal touch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I, I totally agree with you because, I mean, I, I got this great service the other day at the coffee shop and the lady was so personable. Uh, it was amazing. And I even told her, hey, like, this is exactly what I try and talk about on our podcast is your kind of service because it's almost, it doesn't exist basically the last couple of years, right? Like people have kind of fallen off and, you know, and to kind of even an example with, with this whole world we live in right now, you know, I haven't really gone out and eaten much because I don't believe in this whole way we live in right now. Uh, But anyways, we, we go out, we go to a restaurant and, I hadn't gone out and eaten in over a hundred days. Right. And what ends up happening is the first thing that comes out of their mouth is show me your vaccine passport. Not like, not oh, yeah. welcome to, you know, blah, 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 sushi restaurant. You know, thank you for coming in. We really appreciate you coming in. Right. So none of that. Straight up, show me your vaccine passport or we won't serve you. I'm going, wow. I don't want to spend my money here. Right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the things is like even restaurants. I think uh, that's one of my most picky customer service thing is a restaurant. And and I think that we are also losing that a bit too, right? I I, I find that in because I, I do a lot of traveling. So I've been around like the world seeing a lot of different things and i think that we're losing a little bit of that that experience because even going to a restaurant should be an experience right like oh yeah customers, you go there to spend your money to have a good dinner enjoy your time with whomever you're going with and it's an experience that makes you want to come back that when you leave the restaurant you feel good that you know that was a great time but when when restaurants are not training their staff to actually provide that level of service then you're just going there and it's very mechanical it's like i'm going there let me eat something and then we leave you know it's oh yeah no like dude like last night we we thought hey you know what we haven't gone out and eaten again for over a month let's let's give it a try so we went out last night we walked in the lady greeted us nicely and everything um we sat out sat down at the table and 
you know, whatever. But honestly, you know, normally you go into a restaurant and say, hey, you know, the first thing they say is, hey, can we get you some drinks? But, you know, they're not even really doing that. Like, I think yeah. it was, I think it was 10 minutes before we even got drinks to the table. Right. So 10 minutes before we even got drinks to the table. So, okay. Uh, I'm going, this is just, it, it's brutal. I mean, the food was good, luckily, but even, uh, so my wife comes from the restaurant industry. Her parents come from the restaurant industry. So I, I definitely know the expectation in that industry. So to kind of give an idea, we finally ordered at about the, I want to say seven or eight minute mark. We, they brought us drinks at about the 10, 10 or 15. It was, it was, it was quite a while before we got drinks. Then they brought us our food. I think it was, I want to say 40 minute mark probably, but it was only one girl working, serving all the tables. And I think that's just because they keep on open, shut them, open, shut them that now you're not even really getting amazing service anymore. And people are kind of being conditioned to accept this terrible customer service. And then we were pretty much almost done our meal when she finally came and did the table check of, Hey, how is everything? It's like, we're pretty much done. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to do a table it's check funny. within a couple minutes of the first couple bites. You're supposed to do like the whole, how were your first couple bites? You know, da, 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 da. Is there anything we missed? But nothing. And, and I'm going, you know, this is a restaurant that has like a 4.5 out of five. So it's supposed to be one of the top restaurants. Same as that sushi place I told you I went to, which I kind of didn't really get into, but that one was a 4.9 out of five. And that's the service they're giving is the first thing out of their mouth is show me your vaccine passport. You know, this, this is, we're missing a lot of the fundamentals of basic customer service of just being, we should just be glad that people are coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, like when someone comes into your automotive shop, I'm sure you're just thankful they even at least, you know, you were at least an option, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like it's under the you, you have to understand that, you know, when that customer walks in, they're making a choice to choose you over everyone else that they can choose. Right. And if you don't show that gratitude and appreciation and you don't provide that level of service, then they can go somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. Like, I mean, what you say about the restaurant, about how this one girl was serving all the tables and and that's a little what I noticed is that a lot of the people who are working right now, some of them, they're so miserable because of the situation. Right. They're the only one who's willing to even come into work. A lot of people are not willing to come into work or because of the open, close, open, close kind of situations, the the stores can't properly staff because they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know. Are we going to even get customers today? Right. Yeah. And it creates for a very bad experience for the customers. Yeah, I know. And I mean, we still gave her a really good tip because, you know, at the end of the day, we're glad that at least somebody was there and we were still able to get good food. But, but at the end of the day, that is not really what I, what I expect. If I go to a restaurant and I'm going to spend you know, $80 on a meal for the family. I, I expect it to be a way better experience than what we had, but I'm trying to give some leniency with what's kind of going on 
in the world today. And I also understand that a lot of people who have been in that industry have left because they didn't like the whole, they, they can't rely on that for their income anymore. So, but yeah, anyways, I mean, I think, I think we're definitely, we can move on to the next question here because honestly, I think we're, what we're talking about is probably just going to lean into that question anyways. Right. Yeah. When, when you look around at the world today, what has stood out to you as the biggest change in how we interact as customers? Yeah, and actually, it's exactly what you said. Um, uh, you kind of touched on it, is that people nowadays are all buying by review, right? Um, as soon Before we even walk into a restaurant, we're going to like pull up our phone, go on Google, and we're going to take a look at oh, what's their, how many stars they have, right? Um, and is this a good place to go, right? And it's not even, I would say, even products, especially. Nowadays, we're looking at product reviews all the time. We're, we're checking out, uh, we're going on YouTube. We're seeing, oh, I want to, you know, I'm interested in uh, buying this pair of pants for, for outdoor activities. Let me, let me do some research on, you know, who makes it. Is it a good pants, right? And we're going to look at the experts in that field. Like <laughs> I say, I reference pants because I do a lot of outdoors stuff, right? And it's, I'll look at gear reviews from experts that actually utilize and use these products in the field. And they'll give me a, a honest opinion of whether or not this is a good product. Right. And I find that nowadays it's not like in the past, you would just buy a product because, you know, let's, let's try this out. Is it good? Right. And you, you kind of get, you, you're surprised. Oh, okay. This was good. This is not good. Right. But nowadays you can actually, do all your research before making or spending any money, right? You can know whether or not I'm going to get something good. And I think that's what's really changed for the way people shop, right? That's, that's a, a major difference that if people don't understand that and people don't utilize that, they're going to lose uh, in their company or if their product that they're trying to sell. No, I, I agree. Um, 100%. Uh, I'm in class like I actually take global supply chain management Monday to Thursday nights, just something that I thought I would do as an extracurricular activity. And so educate myself during this, these times while the business was, you know, slower. Now the business is busy and now it's, it's like, wow, trying to squish it in. But we, we actually talk about this in class uh, a few times it's brought up about reviews and what blew me away is, is about 50% of the classes they won't shop based on reviews because they feel a lot of companies have fake reviews. And I actually do agree with that because I know I have worked for other companies where they've gotten all the staff members to go and give a five-star review to pop them up on Google, to pop them up on all these different platforms. The other thing is, is I personally know Amazon has booted tons of companies off Amazon because what they would do is when you purchase a product, I don't know if you ever bought anything off Amazon where yeah, something comes yeah. in the little, there's a little thing saying, give us a five-star review and we'll send you something for free. Yeah. Um, well, guess what? That's illegal. Amazon doesn't allow that. Okay. So they boot you. So now next thing you know, you have these $69 dash cameras. that says best 4k dash camera I've ever used in my life. And then everybody's buying them up and they're not even for, they're probably not even 1080p quality. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they've fudged it in such a way that they can sell this $69 camera and they mislead people. And then there's all these fake reviews there. And, and so there's part of that why I think that's why our world 
Um, but I agree with you. I honestly felt that everybody is a hundred percent on Google reviews. Like that's yes, and, I, and so that's that's the thing is that um, it's not only about that review, right? It's that especially for products, like I mean, for Google reviews, it's a little bit more local uh, in terms of like say my automotive shop, right? So those reviews will kind of be more genuine, I would believe. But when you're talking about product reviews, I agree with you. There's a lot of fake reviews, but that's where people are now looking towards uh, influencers, right? Is because that person's generally more trustworthy than the actual little review on the bottom, right? Because exactly as you said, I've bought a lot of backup cameras to install a client's cars. And I've gone from like the $40 one up to like the $300 one. And you cannot figure out which one is actually quality because they can be selling you the same thing in a different box, but one's yeah. 300 and one's 40. And I can't tell the difference because all the reviews are just like fake. <laughs> oh yeah. No, like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, man. Cause uh, I totally see that all the time. Uh, Cause I'll, I'll have these people who buy, you know, these, these entry level, these dash cameras that are like these things. So awesome. Blah, 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 blah. And I've installed a bunch of them and I'm going, like, I don't want to tell them it's bad because I don't want to be a negative experience or them think of mm -hmm. me. At the end of the day, the way I look at it, I'm just happy that they're getting a dash camera and they're making the right decision to have that protection because there's so much insurance fraud happening nowadays. So I, first things first, I'm happy that they're getting a recording device. But I, I don't know how to tell them that you've been misled. It doesn't hit the specs that they say it does. I mean, I, I've had... Um, dash camera that has like a five out of five and like 900 reviews or something like that on Amazon. I've installed a bunch of these. And for instance, they're a very popular three channel dash camera system, but guess what? It doesn't format the SD card. So most of them they'll overwrite over and over and over again, automatically, like all the ones that I deal with, they'll automatically overwrite. And so that you don't have to, so it'll just delete the old recording, record a new one. So this is like supposedly one of the top rated and it doesn't do that. You have to manually overwrite. So can you imagine you're driving? Do, 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 do. You're on the 401. You're not supposed to be playing with any devices because, you know, you're, you're in Ontario. So, you know, the 401, the 404, you're very familiar with that, right? That very busy road. And next thing you know, it's like it stops recording. So now what do you got to do? Reach over on the windshield while you're driving. Oh, better make sure I format it. That way it starts recording in case I get into an accident. Like, yeah, that's I, when you're going to get the accident. <laughs> you know? And it's funny because I get asked that question actually quite frequently. You know, hey, uh, yeah, so I have to format it like every couple hours? Um, no, no, it'll automatically format for you. Oh, okay. And it's because people have had a lot of these budget dash cameras that get high reviews. So, but yeah, I mean, but this is all because we've kind of conditioned ourselves to look at reviews and you have to do your own research, you know, with everything in the world today. So, but yeah, I I'm very heavily reliant on reviews, but at the same time, like even this microphone I'm talking to you on, it was only 80 bucks, but it has, you know, like 4.7 or something out of five. And, and it seems to work well. And I have friends like, no, you need to buy the, the $250 one and you need to buy this. I'm like, yeah, but this thing works for me right now. So I'm, I'm not going to go and buy it, well, but it's better. And this, this, and that it's like, but yeah, but that one has, 
you know, a 4.7 out of five too. So, you know, that's the thing about buying off of these automated stores is you're not getting someone saying, this is why it's better than this one. And that's where like, you're, like you're saying, like an influencer that has like a YouTube video channel can say, you know, the tones are better. It's deeper. Your voice is more accurate. The, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And that's where an influencer on YouTube comes in because he can do those whole, that whole analysis. Cause if you're getting it from um, whatever this company is that I bought the microphone on, you don't know. Cause it could be very biased. Right. And if you're talking like a blue Yeti is another, is one of the microphones I was looking at yeah. and they're doing a whole channel talking about why there's a better well, how do we know they're not being biased towards their microphone over all the other ones? So the, the influencers are nice. And, and yeah, but that's that's the thing is that <clears throat> instead of having a salesperson, um, because everything's moved on to online, is that essentially those influencers are now the salespeople for the product, right? Like before you'd go into a store and then they, you'd be like, you know, I, I want to buy a microphone and the expert in the store will tell you, you know, well, we have three ranges of models. This one does this, this one does this. Um, what is your utilization? What are you using it for? All these things. And, but because of everything so shifted online and a lot of the stores, they don't, they don't have those kind of experts anymore. It's not like when we were younger and there was a radio shack and that guy in there actually knew a lot about electronics, Right. Now, a lot of times you go to a Best Buy or something and you ask a question, um, which is the best microphone here? And he'll be like, oh, it's not my department. I don't know. Uh, I mean, and they just pick one up and they're like, you know, this, this one looks pretty good, right? Like, so it, it's a different experience now, right? So, oh, yeah. You, yeah, you, you do everything online. And that's, that's uh, to answer your question is that's what I feel is that the whole uh, customer experience is shifted to an online experience versus like, uh, one in real life. Yeah, that's that's why I've I've actually started uh, the last couple of days working on comparison videos. So um, I don't know if I sent you a picture. I know we were we were chatting the other day, but I have five dash cameras on my windshield right oh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so four of them uh, are actually being utilized in a 1080p dash cam comparison video. So what I did is basically all four of them are on the windshield. I can't manipulate them at all. And I've just basically, there was a, a near crash that I got on video. So I took that 20 second clip and basically had all four cameras, that same 20 second clip. I used OBS studio. It's like a thing you can use on a map Mac. And I put all four separate clips on the same screen, all in 1080p. So now you can look at all four, make a decision on which one, you feel is best, or maybe you go, okay, that one's just not as bright, but I'm going to save 60 bucks. So I'm completely fine with that. Right. So, but now I've made it clear as day. And then I, after, after the four comparisons, I have individual full screen videos of all four different dash cameras. And I also did a separate one recording at night. Like I went out at like 1130 PM at night, went for a drive, went through the city, went through some dark roads, and I have a comparison is that of that as well. So now all I'm trying to do is just give an unbiased opinion. At no point in time do I even talk during the video. So I'm not trying to like buy this one over this one because of the, I, I don't want any bias. Mm -hmm. Let people view it and let them make a decision on what they feel makes sense, you know, what they expect. 
Hey, and uh, who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens as a result of that video. It just went. I put it live the other the other night. So much time editing. It's crazy, but I'm trying to just give that unbiased opinion. Instead yeah, of and, it's, and and that's that's very good, right? And and what happens is when the customers or when people who are shopping around for a dash camera they see that that video and they realize that you're the expert in the field, right? And what happens is when they see that they're like, "Oh, I want to get a dash camera." And I can see the video quality difference, but what about recording features? What about like the overwriting? What about all those things? And sometimes the customers once they believe you and they're saying, this guy's the expert, I'm just going to go to him. He, he knows what's good for me, right? And and they're going to look, oh, this this person who posted this video actually has a company that installs dash cameras, right? So yeah. that's the online aspect that it's going to be, right? Well, that's why, you know, it's all about the know, like, and trust factor, right? So if you set yourself up as being the industry expert and you're educating people, People are going to be more prone to coming to you. And it's funny because someone within Arate uh, works in beauty sales and I'll be interviewing her coming up. And I said to her, I know you never notice that a lot of ladies sell beauty cosmetics to their friends, right? They have these little, and the reason why is because they already know, like, and trust their friend. Mm-hmm. And now they're selling cosmetics to their friend. So a lot of these companies, you know, set it all up where they hire somebody who's local to the area and then they sell stuff to their friends, right? Mm-hmm. Because you already know, like, and trust that person. So it's, it's easy. It's, it's just easy to go, Hey, you know, Pam, I'd like to get some makeup or whatever stuff that women put on, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you already have a relationship with your friend and yeah, these companies know what they're doing, mm-hmm. but let's, let's, Let's move on here. Um, what is one thing you do or have done to provide a, a positive experience? Yeah. So uh, in my in my shop, right, um, what I do for my customers is it's it's all about explanation um, and leading them through the whole ex- experience of when, but from the point they bring their vehicle into the door and what they need on their vehicle and and if we find any issues with their vehicle what it is that needs to be done, right? Um, some of the customers, if they stay in the shop, we'll bring them over, we'll show them, um, sir, look, your your brakes are getting very low. Um, this is this is the pad and this is the actually braking material of it. And it's supposed to look like this. Um, we have gauges that show like, you know, two millimeters, three millimeters, four millimeters. They're color coded to show them like green, yellow, red. And we just make sure that the customer understands um, everything that we're doing on their vehicle and the benefits and as to why it is right. Um, in our shop, we don't use any like inferior products. Like we don't use any, uh, cheap, uh, aftermarket products. We always use like a quality aftermarket. And, you know, I pride myself in a little bit of that. We find, cause we do service a lot of German vehicles. So we find the actual manufacturers that produce the oil filters, for instance, right. Say, uh, Man is a big company, so Man Hummel produces the oil filters for BMW, Mercedes, uh, and they have their products in uh, the dealership label boxes, right? But if you actually take the product out of the box and you look at the actual filter itself, it has a Man Hummel stamp on it, and it 
it's the exact same one that I would buy that doesn't have the BMW box, right? Um, yes. So there's like a lot of things that I do to educate my customers to let them know that, you know, the reason why we're able to provide a, a better price point than the dealership is because we're buying the dealership products, but without the dealership labeling, right? But you are getting the same quality that you would be if you were going to the dealership for service, right? And I think that a, a lot of that is what has led our company to success is the explanations and the personal touch to show them, you know, this is what we're doing. This is what, like, everything that we're doing is for your benefit, right? And sometimes customers will ask me, you know, like, which repairs do we have to prioritize and which repairs can we, you know, put off for a little bit longer? Um, so I work with them or like we work with them to, you know, see what their financial situation is and see which is important and which things will benefit them the most. Right. Um, so making it about the customer and doing that is, is what I've done or what our company has done to actually create a customer experience that a level of trust and what will bring the customers back for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good because I want to talk about, so when I was young, I had a 1991 Chevrolet S10 and uh, I went to a Mr. Lube and needed to get an oil change done. I'm sure there's plenty of stories you've heard like this before. Yeah. I went there and they go, you know, you need to get a transmission flush because uh, your transmission is literally hanging on by a thread. And if you don't get it done, you know, I, uh, you'd be lucky to make it 100 kilometers, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I'm like, I'm supposed to because I finished telling them I'm driving to Calgary, which is, you know, what is it? 200 and some kilometers from Edmonton. Right. So I'm like, oh, man, like, uh, I don't have money like this. I'm you know, I'm like 18 years old or 17 years old or something at the time. Right. I'm going, Oh man. Uh, what, like, what am I supposed to do? So I call my dad. My dad's like, no, you don't need it done. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. So I'm like, fine. I won't get it done. The guy's like, Oh, well, good luck kind of thing. Right. I'm like, what the hell? So I drive to Calgary, drive back. I never got, I think I got another 50,000 kilometers in that vehicle and I never got it done. But that guy had me sold, scared that if I didn't get it done, that I was going to have problems. And that's and- that's the one thing about my industry that it, it really bothers me is that my industry has such a bad rep. Is like people don't want to go to the mechanic because they're scared they're going to get ripped off, right? And and the transparency and the honesty is the, what I hear from a lot of my customers, which actually amazed me when I when I heard it repetitively is that they say, oh, I'm so happy I found you. And, you know, the first time I heard it, I was was happy. And I was like, oh, very interesting, right? But when I started actually hearing it again and again and again, and I thought about it, I'm like, what kind of experiences are people having? A lot of people are having terrible experiences at other shops, right? And that's one of the things that I need to fix in my industry, right? Like the whole the reason why I started was to help technicians. And it was another thing about it is because there were so many honest, good technicians that were not getting value. Right. And, and the whole thing all ties in together is that I need to create a better 
wrap a better name and a better environment for my industry. Yeah, this is this is why I've started doing YouTube videos frequently now is to to make to make people more uh, know like and trust me and understand that I I'm just trying to educate, right? I'm just trying to let people know who I am and and and, and I'm trying to answer a lot of the common questions that I get asked all the time. So, I mean, you know, one of the common questions you could be asked is, you know, are you going to recommend something to me just because you get paid? Right. And that'll be, you know, you could have a whole video about that saying, you know, no, we don't, you know, one of our values is integrity. So because our value is integrity, we don't want to run our shop that way. Right. And, and next thing you know, people are going, man, that Brian guy, I seen him on that video and like, I trust that guy. You could tell he's sincere. And, and that's, that's the thing, right? Once people realize that they can trust you. And, and like you said, most of your business is run when you and I talked before on word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, we don't do any advertising. We haven't done anything. Um, I look to do it, but the business is growing substantially and it's all because of word of mouth. It's just like you said, right. It's someone, you know, trust and like, right. And, and they go, Oh, where do you bring your car for service? Or if they ever mention anything, some of my clients or some of the customers I get are all from one or two extreme fans that we have in our business. Like, you know, I've done like, maybe I did a custom job on their car and they tell all their friends about it. And, and then as soon as anyone talks about, Oh, I need some work done on my car. He's like, go to Brian. He's the guy. And so many customers just show up at my door and they say, you were highly recommended. You were highly recommended. Sometimes I don't even know where, who recommended them. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, like straight up. I, I try and treat everybody the same. So I, I've had clients like, Oh, I, I found it, you know, 50 bucks cheaper at X, Y, Z, whatever place. And I go, okay, you know, that's fine. You know, let me know how it went. And, you know, if you have any questions, let me know. And, but if you are going to save the 50 bucks, can you please find out if they're going to give you a full demo, if they're going to show you how to download videos, if they're going to show you how to pair your phone, if they're going to show you, you know, what's all involved with changing the settings on the unit. Right. And, and what I've ended up happen, having is I had a few people where I've reached out to, Hey, I just thought I'd reach out, see how it went. And they're like, oh, I should have went with you because they didn't show me how it worked. They literally gave me my keys when it was done. I mean, I know it's recording because the green light's on, but I, I have no idea how to use this thing. And they're like, you know, that's great. You know, I'm sorry to hear that. But, uh, you know, you know what ends up happening is they didn't recommend their friends to me. So because because yeah. I'm not like, you know, screw you, you know, blah, blah, blah. You should use us and not anyone else. No, I, I, I'm just like, hey, you know what? Everybody has choices. And hey, if you could save 50 bucks, why wouldn't you go somewhere else? But at the same time, now you have, I just got an email from, uh, from a client the other day and I talked to him on the phone as well. He goes, I've had this dash cam in my vehicle since March last year and I have no idea how it works. And the reason why I'm, we're getting my wife's vehicle done with you, which, which I'll actually be doing today, the, the day that we're recording this uh, is because um, you said 
and you advertise that you will come out and educate us on how this all works after you install it. And for that, it's very important to us that we get it done with you because I still have one on my vehicle. I have no idea how to pair to it. I have no idea how to get a video. I've never had to get a video yet, but I have no idea how it works. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just that whole difference. And, And the other thing was, Uh, So today, you know, they wanted to do it. Oh, you can do it earlier while we're at work. And I said, okay, but your wife, you said, is working till this time. So I tell you what, listen, I'm busy on the weekends. How would I do it later in the day when both of you are at home? He goes, oh, are you sure you want to do it that late? I said, it's fine. Because I would rather you guys learn how it works and you both be there than you not. And like. You know, so today, later today, when I give them the whole demo, I'm sure they'll be very appreciative because they're going to know how it works. Yeah, and, and, and that to and me that, is the difference. Yeah, because you're you're actually genuinely helping them. It's it's not about the sale; it's about the actual customer receiving and getting the product that they need and getting the service that they need. Because what's the point if you just install the dash camera and again they don't know how to use it, right? Yeah. So you're putting the customer's needs first and in doing so that's what sets you apart from the other guy. Yeah, 100%. So um is there a book you've read that has influenced your life? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if books, I would say the the biggest uh influence to my life is uh Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willing. Um, you know, cause that talks a lot about mentality and like what, what you can do, um, and, and that you have to own everything that you do. Right. Um, it, it, it changed my mindset a lot. Um, and it tells you like, you know, everything that has failed, especially from a, a business owner or leadership perspective is that everything, all the failures in your business or in your life or anything is all your own fault. It sounds very dismal, right? But I look at it in a different way, right? Is that if it's all my own fault, it means that I can fix it, right? It gives, it puts actually me into control of my life. Um, it, it really changed the way I think and it changes like the way I teach my staff too. It's like, you know, there's nothing to blame about anything, right? It's if something didn't work, something didn't work out, you're the only one to blame, right? And sometimes... And the reverse perspective is me as a manager, I'm the one to blame. You know, did I not give enough experience or um, education for my staff so that they can be successful? So I don't look at it as they were crappy, right? I look at it as I didn't give enough uh, support for them. I didn't do enough for them, right? And that translates to everything, right? That translates to your marriage, you know, your relationships, And it translates also to, you know, your customers, like this customer had a bad experience, right? And is it my fault? Like, what did I do that I didn't do enough of to create that experience for them? Right. And everything like, you know, uh, oh, I'm, I'm sick or something right now. What it's my fault. I'm sick. Oh, I didn't, I didn't dress warmly enough. I didn't, you know, I didn't take, I didn't look at the weather. I didn't look at the, do enough research about where I'm going that day. Right. Like, the funny thing is like, I, I went to Calgary, um, like a couple months back and it was minus 30 there. And I didn't realize like, you know, I just had a, like a light jacket and I went over there and then on the flight, they said, 
oh, welcome to Calgary, a miserable minus 32. And I'm like, what? Like, oh, God, I forgot to check the weather, right? Whose fault is that? That's my own fault, right? So everything in life is is my own fault. And that book has taught me um, not only like to accept the responsibility, but that puts me in power to actually control those things because it is my responsibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it makes sense, right? Because if you... If you're eating chips and garbage every single day and that's what you're putting into your body and then, hey, why am I getting sick? Well, you're, you're not feeding yourself with any vegetables. You're not eating healthy. You're not taking care of your body. So, you know, you're going to get sick because you're not taking care of yourself. You know, if all you're doing is, you know, drinking alcohol all the time and you're not working out, you're not doing it sooner or later, your body is not going to like that sooner or later you're going to get sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to get all political, but that's also one of the things about the whole COVID situation is that, you know, who are we to blame, right? Like if we were all healthier, if we were all, you know, we, we all exercise more, if we all did what we should be doing um, and maintaining a healthy lifestyle, this pandemic wouldn't have hit us that hard, right? It wouldn't have been as bad as it is. Well, you know, and I'm guilty of this like everyone else. The first, you know, six months, I literally sat on my butt, barely did anything at home. You know, hey, let's go buy some chips. Let's go eat this. Binge watching, you know, Tiger King and all the other junk, <laughs> right? That was on TV. And I mean, next thing I know, I'm weighing myself and I'm 260 pounds, right? I'm going, holy smokes, I've gained a lot of weight. And there are people I've seen that I haven't seen for there was, there was one person I hadn't seen in a year and a half and he came to town. We had a meeting. He gained at least 60 pounds. Right. And that's not the only person. So no one really, you know, not to get into the whole different tangent, but no one really talked about health and eating healthy. And, you know, as of September, when they started this whole uh, vaccine passport thing, it's like, you know what? I, I just, I don't agree with this. So I'm not, I'm not going to go out and eat like as much as I had my shots and all that kind of junk. I just didn't agree with it. So I started 75 hard, which is a big thing. Andy's big on. And I lost 27 pounds in a matter of 75 days. I was eating healthy. I honestly, you know, early on in this conversation, we talked about how I went out and ate at a restaurant. I went out and ate out at a restaurant three times since the beginning of september so we're talking september october november december january five months i've eaten out at a restaurant three times okay mm. i don't eat out at all the only thing i will pick up is an occasional coffee at like a mcdonald's or a starbucks but other than that i am not eating out at all um i'm being very disciplined on what i put in my body now sometimes we snack at home on a couple things here and there but generally, I'm having, you know, like a chicken wrap at lunch. I, I'm trying to take care of my body and what I put into it. And I'm also, you know, drinking a, a gallon of water a day. For those of you who can't see see this, but yeah, I got a, you know, I drink about five of these, which are about 750 milliliters each. So 3.75 liters, at least 3.8 liters a day of water to make sure to keep myself hydrated. And honestly... I haven't been sick since January, 2020. Like I haven't been sick at all. 
I mean, I, I get normal allergies and everything, but yeah, it's very important that you, you know, take care of yourself. And if that book's influenced your life to kind of make you look at things that way, I think it's important. And recently, like I said, doing 75 hard, you know, the amount of, I already had self-discipline, but the amount of discipline I had to have to read a book, 10 pages of a book every single day, I read something like six books or something in the 75 days, you know, it's, if people want to make a big change in their life, that should be what's being preached right now is 75 hard. And that's why Andy Frisella is so hardcore on, you know, change your life, change your discipline and work on you. Yeah. It's mentality, right? It's mentality. And uh, the mentality changes everything. Yeah. And so many people think it's a workout program and they don't, they don't understand. (laughs) It's not a workout program at all. This, this is all mindset. And, and it's like you reset your body because when I finished it, you know, and now we're going into like 75 hard conversation, but, but when I finished 75 hard, I, I was like, the amount of motivation I had was just crazy. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing YouTube videos. And I've been scared to do it forever because it was, I don't know what people are going to think about me. Are they going to make fun of me? And then I was just, I didn't care. I was like, I don't care. If people make fun of me, they make fun of me. They don't, they don't, whatever. It, it doesn't matter to me anymore. And boom, I think I've hammered out like over 30 YouTube videos in the last like two months and a bit now. Um, and then I said, hey, one of the things I want to do is create a podcast. Boom created a podcast. Now I, I think you're interview number nine or 10, right? <laughs> you know, and I got another eight or nine booked over the next couple of weeks. You know, we're just, this is all just taking action and 75 hard put me in that mindset and they have a book too. I've never read the book, but um, the whole point is, is to just get that mindset. And it's not even about working out. Like I've had a few friends that I could tell you uh, I've been feeling pretty depressed and everything throughout this whole pandemic. And they just, when they started going to the gym again, they start feeling a lot better. They're a lot more positive. And, you know, it's, it's all that mindset. You can't get stuck. Right. So work on yourself. And that's, that's awesome. All that matters is if a book influences your life and can get you to change and be create and influence your life, I guess. Right. That's, that's all you can ask. As long as it's not like some negative one where you, you start a cult. <laughs> How to start a cult. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so if, if there's one thing you could change in the entire world today, what would it be and why? Uh, it's funny because uh, it actually streamlines exactly to what I would answer is that uh, I would, I would make some kind of physical exercise mandatory. <clears throat> like, like, um, in many countries, uh, Asian countries, say, uh, Korea, Taiwan, things like that. You have to serve in the military. It's, it's mandatory military service for at least a year. And <clears throat> it's, it's going to be very unpopular, like what I believe. Right. But I think that, um, the physical hardship of actually serving in the military is something that will change a lot of people, right? Uh, I think that society has gotten very weak and that there's a lot of things that that are not really big deals, but people make them into very big deals, right? And 
because like I do, I do martial arts, right? I do uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, and that also taught me a lot about uh, stress and, and, and management of those things is that sometimes you're put under a lot of physical pressure and a lot of stress um, and that you will get through it, right? And when you actually experience the physical stresses and the physical uh, pains of things, you realize that some of your emotional pains or things in life are actually not as significant or as bothersome as you might think, right? And that's, and if I think that if a lot more people were experienced to these kind of physical hardships, that they would appreciate life much more and that they would, you know, strive to complete their goals uh, much more because of that. Right. And, and that's just kind of like my idea of it. And I, I, I believe in it. Yeah, no, no. So there is a professional soccer player in the premier league in England. Um, I follow Arsenal. He's not an Arsenal player. I want to say his name is Hyung Ming Sun. I, I think I might've messed his name up though. Either way. Um, he had to do one one year of service, even though he's like, you know, a five million dollar a year or whatever professional soccer player. He still had to do his one year of service and he did it uh, during COVID. If I remember correctly, he did his one year. Um, he ended up missing, you know, obviously, I think like half a season or something like that. But it didn't matter that he made five million a year. It didn't make it doesn't matter if you make, you know, a dollar an hour or whatever you know, they pay in some of these countries, right? At the end of the day, it was mandatory. Every single citizen has to do it at one point in their life. And I, I can't remember, I want to say it's under the age of 40, you have to do it or something like that. But I don't think it's a bad thing to experience. I mean, to the point of um, like the physical exercise aspect, right? And the military service aspect is that it really teaches humility, right? Like you said, I mean, he's a $5 million a year person, but he's being put in there with somebody who could be making, you know, pennies and, or somebody else who's making even more money. You can be a multimillionaire, but at the end of the day, you're all human. We are all equal. We're all just humans, right? Yeah. And that kind of humility will breed better culture that, you know, even though you are who you are in society, when everything's said and done, your fellow man between the two of you, you are just humans, right? So everyone will treat each other with more respect. I believe if that everyone has experienced that and they understand that, that kind of uh, mentality. Yeah. So it's, you're, you're talking more so the self-discipline portion of going to the military, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And that's, and that's another thing is that if you actually look at it is a lot of successful entrepreneurs and a lot of wealthy people, they either have some kind of sports background, military background, some kind of background that has taught them discipline. Right. And, and that's what I would want for society. Cause I think we as a society can excel so much more if we all just had a little more discipline. Yeah. Like I talk, like I've interviewed Chris Warren's from the group and for instance, he went to Iraq, and but when he came back from the military, he took advantage of all the different training programs and all the structure he got from being in the military, all the discipline he got from being in the military, right? All of that, plus the education he took, has allowed him to become a serial entrepreneur. Now he has you know five, six businesses or whatever, all under his umbrella because of that training he took from the military. So you can mm-hmm. either 
take advantage of all that that knowledge that you're getting there, or you can you cannot, right? And everybody has to make their own decision on what they do. So I understand your point as I went into some random tangent earlier. <laughs> Had to bring you back. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, do you have any final thoughts or? Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess in the in the theme of like customer service uh, for your podcast, um, I would say you know customer experience is king, right? Uh, I think that everyone, uh, we're all in this world, and we all just want to have good experiences, right? So if you can utilize that, if you can, you know, provide value for people in your business and you can do things to, for others to give them a great experience and you're going to be successful in life. It's awesome. Oh, thanks a lot for uh, coming on and doing this. And uh, I appreciate it. Definitely. Uh, it was great. Uh, very happy you had me. It's wicked. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Experience podcast. podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Ben, check out Benjamin Del Grosso on LinkedIn at Safe Drive Solutions on Instagram or www.safedrivesolutions.ca online. We'll see you next time.